You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Tuesday, July the 20th. Of 2021, I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today and every day that you tune in as the Cardinals get an 8-3 win last night. And the momentum is starting to come the Cardinals' way after a serious win against San Francisco. The Cardinals pick up a big-time Game 1 win against the Chicago Cubs. And things are starting to look up finally for St. Louis. Yes, long way to go. Tall, tall hill to climb. I understand all that, but nevertheless, it still is very, very exciting time. So on the show today, I'll be talking about yesterday's win and what the momentum means and how the Cardinals can continue to build off of it and a couple of the key points from yesterday's game as well as I will be sharing part two of the interview between Brendan Schaefer and myself. And this conversation, this part of the conversation is a much more positive part of the conversation whereas we're talking some positives of the first half. Well, I could... So Wayne Ryan, Nolan Arnado, Alex Reyes, and who knows, maybe a few more things, but you'll just have to listen to find out. But before I get into any of that, I want to let you know that we are brought to you today by Locked On MLB Prospects. Join host Arm Layton as he brings you player interviews, farm system breakdowns every single day. Subscribe to Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. We're bringing you Cardinal coverage every day. Be sure to tell your smart device as well to play Locked On Cardinals. And just another quick note, if you guys notice the mic quality being a little bit more uh, subpar than usual, I do apologize. Uh, I've been traveling last day from St. Louis back to Bloomington, Illinois, my hometown, and I forgot my microphone at my girlfriend's house, so I'm at a backup microphone. Not a terrible microphone, but not the high-quality one that I'm used to using, so hopefully I'll be back on the high-quality mic soon as I can get that microphone back. Uh, But nevertheless, this mic does sound pretty okay, and we'll get going on from there, so I do apologize, but wanted to be upfront with you guys on that note. So, Cardinals, winners, winning streak. That's something that we haven't been saying a lot recently, especially did not say that a lot in the month of June. We do get an opportunity to say winning streak today as the Cardinals have won three in a row, two against the Giants, and now one against the Chicago Cubs. Three in a row. Uh, That is a winning streak based on the movie Major League. We won one yesterday. If we won one today, that's two in a row. If we win one tomorrow, that's what they call a winning streak. I'm blanking on the name of that manager in that movie, but a great movie, solid movie. First R-rated movie I ever saw was Major League. But I digress. Cardinals now at eight and a half back of the Milwaukee Brewers with this win. And they're now one game separation from the Cincinnati Reds as the Reds lose a wild one to the New York Mets. And you'll have to go listen to Locked On Mets and Locked On Reds for coverage of that that game. But all of a sudden, the Cardinals and Reds are pretty close. Reds have lost four in a row, and the Cardinals have won three in a row. And it was by 8-3, to the final score in yesterday's ballgame. And Jake Woodford was the story yesterday. She goes five and two-thirds of an inning, gives up six hits, just one earned run. That was on a double play ball that scored a run, and he struck out six in his incredible, incredible outing. You didn't know what he was going to give you exactly. 
I think I might have said five and a third. He went five and two thirds. You didn't know what he was going to give you. He's unproven at the major league level. You thought, okay, maybe he might give you four or five if you're pushing it. But I don't think anybody expected this. And, you know, this Cub offense still has a lot of those familiar names of Baez, a Rizzo, a Contreras, a Bryant, a Hayward, Patrick Wisdom. He did at home run today. So th- this Cub offense is nothing to sneeze at. This is still a very solid, solid lineup. So for Jake Woodford to go out there and pitch like he did was impressive. Because it's, it's not now only Adam Wainwright and KK Kim that are pitching well. It's now players not... Bullpen members not named Reyes Gallegos Cabrera. It's now starters not named Kim and Wainwright. The success is starting to bleed into other guys now. And yes, Miller gave up a run and John Gant gave up a run in there. Two-thirds of an inning for Miller and two and a third for Gant. But still, Helsley's starting to find it a little bit. McFarland had a one-pitch out and it went very well for him. So when the Cardinals have guys that have not stepped up in the past, start to step up, that's when you start seeing more and more wins take place, and that's exactly what we're seeing. Now, I do want to say before I get too much further into this that I understand this is just one game. A lot of season left. A lot of things have to go right. A lot of things have to go wrong. I do understand that. We, we should stay grounded. As I saw some people talk about on Twitter, how this is just one win, step in the right direction, all, all, all that kind of you know, that, that that message is being shared. That That's true, but we also should celebrate the victories because Cardinals are back to 500 for the first time in a long time. And it, w- it was done in a in pretty impressive fashion. Yes, four runs came in the fifth thanks to three airs, two by Baez, one by Wisdom. <laughs> it was an ugly inning for the Cubs defensively, but the Cardinals were able to capitalize. And even if they weren't, take those four runs off the board. The Cardinals still win because they had three runs uh, coming their way in the sixth inning there. So they still would have won four to three if you want to, you know, I'm not sure if that math exactly adds up. But nevertheless, the offense was able to get the job done. Still room for improvement, but let's let's continue with a positive mindset today. I already talked about Woodford and how important that was. Finish up point on Woodford, actually. Um... It was important for him to pitch well and for the bullpen members to pitch well because you didn't use the big three. You didn't use Ryan Helsley. So those guys should all be rested and ready to go, at least a couple of them, for tomorrow's game. So Woodford's impressive outing bodes well in a couple different areas. Offensively speaking, nine hits on the day. Ten strikeouts is a little tall, but they were able to draw a couple walks. Gillen Carlson had a four-RBI night as he barreled the ball up all four times at the plate. Goldschmidt continued his hot hitting as he goes two for four. Tyler O'Neill with a hit. Molina even had a couple hits. And Harrison Bader with a couple of hits as well. A couple of singles for Bader. Were they all mammoth shots? No. The only, Cardinals only had two extra base hits on the night. Other than that, all singles. So you could see a problem starting to develop here. of The Cardinals not slugging, not getting a lot of extra base hits, not hitting for a lot of power. But I'll tell you what right now. A positive I want to focus on is Dylan Carlson. He goes two for four. If Dylan Carlson can get hot in front of an already hot Paul Goldschmidt, that could be a deadly lineup. Because I'll tell you right now, if Carlson, because Cardinals have had a tough time getting all these guys on the right page at the same time. You've had Carlson hot a little bit, not a lot. Goldschmidt has been hot, but not at the same time Arenado has been hot. And not at the same time as O'Neill has been hot. So it's been a jumble of who's hot, who's not. But now Carlson, with a 2-for-4 a day, he might be starting to get bailed up a little bit. DeYoung went 0-for-3 today, but he 
It's only struck out once, which is a good sign for him. And Goldschmidt obviously stayed red hot. So if you can keep these guys healthy, if you can keep these guys all on the same page, this team is going to be better than they were in June. Because this team is not perfect. I still think that this team needs improvements pitching and offensively. But they are also a lot better than what they showed us in June. I truly believe that as well. Because you got to look at it too. Harrison Bader wasn't there for a lot of that picture. And Bader's there now, and he, he went two for four yesterday. You know, a couple, couple of base knocks there for Bader, and he brings you elite defense and elite speed. I mean, heck, even, even on Sunday, just the threat of his arm helped a run to not score in the Giants game. He didn't, it was a really bad throw, but the threat of him having a solid arm out there in center field held the runner at third base. So, for me, I'm starting to see the signs of a hot streak coming. And, you know, maybe three in a row, you want to call that a hot streak now. And, you know, the Brewers are comfortably in first place right now. I understand that. But I'll tell you right now, the Cardinals can make this thing interesting. Because at this point, after the type of June the Cardinals had, that's all you can ask for is to make it interesting. If I'm John Mozeliak right now, I'm buying. I am going to be an aggressive buyer, which I'm not sure if that's going to be the case, but I'm going to be an aggressive buyer and try and get one, two, maybe three pieces to this team to push them over the edge to truly compete with the Reds, to truly compete with the Brewers. But the rest of this series looks well for St. Louis after getting a Game 1 win. And the Cubs are struggling. I... They're, they're going to be selling and selling hard. Who knows? This team might not even be the same by the time this podcast airs. This team might not even be the same by the time this series ends. That's how quickly this team is going to start selling, in my opinion. Cardinals have three more games with the Chicago Cubs right now. And even if they weren't selling, they are struggling hard. They are 4-6 and six in their last 10. Their run differential has taken a deep dive 18 and 31 on the road. They've just got four wins since their no-hitter against the Dodgers. And things are looking good, at least in games three and four. Wainwright and Kim go for the Cardinals. Unofficial right now, Oviedo seems to be the guy that might go on Tuesday. Things are looking up for St. Louis. One game at a time, one inning at a time, one day at a time. It's all you can ask for, but I'm really happy with what I've seen. So Enough of my yapping. Let's talk about more positives from the first half. And I'm going to bring in Brendan Schaefer. Part two of our conversation is coming up next, so stay tuned for that. But first, before I get there, I want to tell you guys, this episode is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need so why endure the pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand they happen to carry because you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and you've got them in your pocket as well rock auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years their prices are the same and reliably low for every single customer they have everything you can need from brake parks to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com
I just don't see. It's really tough for me to even see the Brewers falling off the table. But you know, like like you said, crazy things have happened. But you mentioned the veteran presence. We've talked enough negativity and what the Cardinals need. Let's talk about a couple of the bright spots that came in the first half. And I think one of the bigger bright spots was Adam Wainwright. I mean, he got lit up a couple starts early in the year. His road starts were, were bad early on. But I think if you told me at the beginning of this year that Adam Wainwright was going to pitch to a 3.58 ERA, an ERA under three at home, that would have been a huge success for me. He's been the most consistent starting pitcher on the team. How do you sum up Adam Wainwright's 2021 so far? Wainwright's been an absolute godsend for this team. When you look at what he was able to do over the course of June where the team really struggled. He was like the only starting pitcher that when he was on the mound, you had some level of confidence that this team was going to be able to get a win that day. You know, the, the fact that everything was crumbling around him within the rotation and he was still able to consistently, like every fifth day, go out and basically win a game no matter what the circumstances, that was huge because, yeah, we talked about how the Cardinals have a pretty big deficit in the division right now. It would have been all the more considerable had Wainwright not done what he did over the course of the month of June. And really, I know you mentioned the road starts early on. He was asked about that. You know, what's the difference between what you're able to do at home and on the road? And he basically said, this was earlier in the season, but he basically said, well, I can chalk up the two road starts that I had that were troublesome to this and that. And after that, I feel like I'm pitching the same on the on the road as I do at home. And he's pretty much bore that out of the rest of the, the first half. It's been really good is pitching like he could continue to do this for as long as he wants to do so. Uh, yeah, Wayno's been huge for the Cardinals. Exceeded expectations, but at the same time, if you've known and, and watched Adam Wainwright for long enough, you pretty much know what to expect with this guy. He's going to go out. He's going to be a gamer. He's going to give you a chance to win. He's done more than that in 2021. Well, Wainwright's a guy that, that you know, I think he's a Cardinal Hall of Fame lock. Like, he's going to be in the Cardinal Hall of Fame. And he talked about this on the Fox broadcast on Saturday when they put a headset on him, that the years that he stunk, he was hurt. And he wasn't trying to be pompous or whatever, but I think he's, he's right. You know, because he had that dead arm period. He tore his Achilles in 2015 that kind of hindered him for another couple of years. I, I'm thinking, looking at his stats, because his stats on the years that he's not hurt are pretty remarkable. Do you think that if Wainwright has uh, a few less injuries and is able to put together a couple more Cy Young caliber years, because he's had three or four already, I think we're looking more and more at an Adam Wainwright as a Cooperstown Hall of Famer if he's able to stay a little bit more healthy throughout the course of his career. Do you agree? Yeah, you know, that's a difficult question because, you know, you get you get to see Adam Wainwright up close and personal like I have for the last few years. And, you know, even before that, as a kid, I grew up in St. Louis and I was, I was following the Cardinals. And so just to watch him continue to do what he's done for that, that length of time, to me, that staying power and, and the impact you have on, a, on an organization, on the game, is definitely part of what should be baked into a, a Cooperstown conversation. Uh, Wainwright, you mentioned it, the injuries that kind of cost him in some of the counting stats areas where, you know, he's he's got 174 wins in 16 big league years, just looking it up now. You know, a lot of times, and I don't think too many pitchers get to that 300 number as much anymore these days, but even in the strikeouts arena, uh, he's going to, you know, he's kind of shot at 2,000, but 2,000 isn't 3,000. And so, yeah, I think for, for Wainwright and the fact that we've heard him kind of say, and I saw he told The Athletic this earlier this year, you know, he's got maybe one more year after 2021. So probably not enough time, even if he has another couple good seasons uh, to rack up those kinds of numbers to get consideration. But Hey, I mean, if, if 10 years from now I'm I'm voting on the Hall of Fame, that'll be a consideration if he's able to put 
couple more years together. Not that he's going to get the the seventy five percent total that you need to to make it in, but yeah, I mean this guy's done some pretty remarkable things, and it is a shame that he's lost a couple of those seasons to injury. And he's talked about how he was close to retirement, right? Like yeah. at the end of that kind of twenty nineteen season, I believe it was. I'm trying to think back, twenty eighteen is eighteen, really yeah. Where he eighteen, he comes back in September. And before that was like, yeah, I think this is going to be it for me. You know, he was pitching at times that season where, like, he had no arm and nothing, but he just wanted to get through the game because he didn't know if it would be his last time. And so you can understand that from a a human perspective, just as long as he had done it, just like, I don't know, this could be it. He's he's lobbing 82 miles per hour up there and just hoping that he's able to get out and at some points was doing it, which is just remarkable. But end of that season, something clicks where he's like, I don't know, I think I could potentially – give a run at this 2019 he feels infinitely better and then from there knock on wood has, has said you know he's continued to have his health so it's been a pretty remarkable story that it's kind of hard not to take for granted like seeing what he does year after year in, in the last three seasons to think back to where you were on adam wainwright before that and really where he was on himself it's kind of crazy to think of the way he's turned it around but yeah i I think you, you're, you, it's something that people don't really talk about that you know yadier Molina people talk about the cooperstown and and going to be a a baseball hall of famer yeah adam wainwright i don't know that he would have been that far off if he would have had just a little bit more health the last five six years well i remember adam wainwright making his start in 2016 against the marlins and it was the day that they honored the 10-year anniversary of the 2016 and he threw a complete game shutout and he he mentioned on that post-game interview that he has five years left and I remember raising an eyebrow at that because I was like, man, I don't know, Wayno. I don't know how much you've got left in the tank. And he has proved me wrong time and time again. How? I mean, I think it would be awesome if Wainwright and Yachty got inducted into Cooperstown together. That seems like a pipe dream at this point, but I think that would be really, really neat. But let's continue to look at positives on the pitching side before we move to the offense. You mentioned him a little bit earlier as an all-star, Alex Reyes. We, we just can't say enough about him as a person, as an athlete. He's really come alive in this first half 2021 just through all the personal injuries that he's dealt with, personal things off the field and whatnot, he's really uh, an incredible comeback story from, from where he was uh, from, the, from the injury standpoint to make it to where he is today. Yeah, there's probably nobody on this 2021 Cardinals team that you're as excited to see succeed as, as you feel for Alex Reyes. You know, this guy, I remember watching him 2016 when he got the call up and just thinking, this guy is it. Like, mm-hmm. he's the next big thing. And dude dealt with every injury in the book I mean over the course of the coming seasons and then you mentioned some of the off the field stuff some of the frustration that comes from having all of those injuries and you know ended up punching a door or whatever it was at some point in the minor leagues where that cost him another couple of months and so it just seemed like man you know he'd fallen so far but in in reality he always had that mindset to try to get back and I think that that was what colored some of that frustration that he had at different points And, and last year 2020 I think you know, everybody lamented in, in how rough of a, a time that was for baseball and for everybody with, with COVID impacting things. But I think it was almost, for Reyes, just a blessing that he was kind of able to, to use that shortened season to kind of get back into the groove a little bit. Didn't have to do it over the course of, a, of 162. Was able to kind of work his way in more slowly. And then by the end of that season was closing games for the Cardinals as it finished up to where you could kind of see the precursor of, yeah, this guy could fit in the closer role over the course of a full year in 2021. And that was the decision the Cardinals made really out of spring. His performance continued to color that decision to say, hey, 
you know, we're going to pitch this guy in, in a relief role. They thought maybe get him to 100 innings so he could then be a starter for that obviously went by the wayside pretty early when they saw just how effective he could be in the closer role, able to, to get to an all-star game with that role. Hopefully he's able to continue over the course of the second half uh, because he's been a real weapon for the Cardinals and a real joy to watch. I don't know what the future holds for him, whether they could try to go back to, to using him as a starter in 22. I think he could be really valuable in that role, but certainly the role he's in right now, you're just grateful to be able to see him competing at the level that he is and helping the Cardinals win games. Anytime they get a lead late, you feel pretty good with Alex Reyes on the bump of the night. One last break in the action and the conversation between Brendan Schaefer and myself to tell you about Spotify Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting rooms for Locked On Cardinals once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every single day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even be featured on the Locked On Cardinals podcast through our Green Room discussions. So go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at LJ Fastball To be notified when my room goes live, I know you won't want to miss it. I cannot wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the St. Louis Cardinals. I'll be sure to see you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Absolutely. It seems like he always makes an interesting as every Cardinal reliever has this year by walking a couple batters here and there. Uh, but, but you're absolutely right. And you know, I, I think that he will be a starter next year. I think that's kind of the track he's on. But it, it, it does make you wonder how if, if he could just maybe focus just on a fastball curveball combo, throwing a changeup like he does out of the, out of the bullpen. You know, I think he could be lethal out of the bullpen. I think, you know, running him out as a starter, obviously he grew up as a starter and polished as a starter. So he's got a little bit of familiarity there, but he is lights out in the bullpen. Um, it, we'd be remiss if on any Cardinal podcast we didn't talk about the move they made in the offseason in Nolan Arenado. The all-star campaign this year, he's had his struggles like every human does throughout the course of a major league season. But, but Brandon, I, I really kind of get scared sometimes when I think about where this Cardinal team would be without Nolan Arenado. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he's, he's, he's not probably been up to his level of expectations the way he's performed in his first season so far with St. Louis. But, I mean, you look at the numbers, still an 819 OPS with a 500 slugging percentage as of the moment. 17 homers before the All-Star break. You figure he'll probably have a good shot at getting to 30, uh, driving in runs as a middle-order bat. Yeah, I, I won't say he's been everything that, that was advertised. And I think if you asked him, he'd say, yeah, I mean, my offensive numbers – I think it'd be a little bit more, but he's been sensational. He's been really, really good defensively. You see him almost on a nightly basis doing things that you're just sometimes multiple times in a game. They're yeah. covering ground at third base where you're just like, how does a person do that? <laughs> the, the, the charging on balls confidently the way he does, barehanding, making off-balance throws. Sometimes it's a situation where every third baseman on the planet would pocket the ball because there's just no way you're going to get him. And then he, he, he makes a play. He was the most joyful part to watch on a daily basis because you just you don't have to be up to bat to be able to impact a game. You just got to wait and see a ball hit to the left side of the infield. He's probably going to do something crazy. So 
that's been really cool to watch on a, on a day-to-day basis. Offensively, I think he'll probably have a little bit more of the tank than he even showed in the first half. But, yeah, without him, we talked about the inconsistencies of the Cardinals' offense. Uh, he's pretty much been their best player offensively. So you, you shudder to think where they'd be uh, without, without his bat in the middle of the order for sure. One more offensive positive that I want to talk about, and you know, Cardinals get a lot of heat for who they let go, whether it be a Lance Lynn, a Luke Voigt, a Randy Rosarena. Randall Gritchick has put together a nice career. I think one area where they guess right is Tyler O'Neill. And I went into this season thinking that this is going to be make or break for O'Neill. You know, he's either going to put together a fine season, they're going to keep him in left field, or he's going to not. And he's he's going to have to be he's going to be another guy that they're going to have to trade away or get rid of. Um, you know, he had, he had a really nice uh, month of June when the, a lot of Cardinals didn't. He's pulled off a little bit as well, but I mean, I just think that he has the entire package. He's the definition of a five tool player when he's right. The only complaint that you might have is you might walk a little less than you might like to see. I think he's only walked twice in a game, like once or twice this entire season. But it's been really nice to see Tyler O'Neill put it all together and really nice to see the Cardinals guess right, or not guess right, but get a player right and keeping him as he's producing for St. Louis rather than somebody else. Yeah, it's a good point, and there there was a time when maybe people didn't agree with that, where you looked and, and saw the Cardinals traded away Rosarena and said, you know, what is O'Neill? Are we sure about it? You know, what, did they make the right decision? Well, with what he's shown this season, absolutely, Tyler O'Neill has been a huge asset. And you mentioned the five tools; he can do a little bit of everything. And I think as another example of one of those guys who can be a real momentum player for the Cardinals. Get, you get him involved defensively, he can save your runs. You get him at bats, he can hit the ball over the wall. He can he can steal a base for you. He can do just a little bit of everything. And, yeah, I think key for him is the confidence and, and plate discipline. We saw that start to develop a little bit as we closed it on the All-Star break where he did have a couple of games where he's taken walks. You mentioned the multiple walks. It's just not something that had been a part of his game. And then when you see that happen, and then you see in another game in that week, he had a, another game where he walked as well. You're like, okay, maybe – He's starting to come around because if Tyler O'Neill can get to a place in his game offensively where he can lay off the breaking balls and lay off the pitches out of the strike zone, he's going to be absolutely lethal because of what he can do when the ball is in the strike zone. He hits it as hard as anyone in baseball, and just you look at the guy, he's just a, a, a brick house with the strength that he possesses. Yeah, if he can add plate discipline to his game, I think that's where – you know, you, you really talk about the fifth tool becoming regular contact because when he makes contact, it's loud, it's impressive. If he can do it with more regularity, you talk about a guy who, I mean, right now he's hitting 275, but you, you pretty much take that. But if you, you up that on base percentage a little bit by adding some more walks to his game, he can be one of the most impactful players in baseball. Just pulling up these names and talking about him as we're discussing on the podcast right now. Baseball reference has Tyler Neal at 2.6 wins above replacement prior to the All-Star break, Arenado, same exact number. So just gives you another, we, we rave about Arenado a moment ago, gives you an example of just how good he's been, pretty much the same as far as war is considered per baseball reference. So O'Neill absolutely has had a really good first half. You hope he's able to kind of sustain that. I think the problem with him before in previous seasons was just not being able to to have that consistency and you'd go a couple of weeks where you, you see the strikeups be, uh, pardon me, strikeouts begin to pile up on him not have the power on, on a regular basis. So if he's able to kind of keep that steady drum beat, I think he could be a really impactful player, not only for the Cardinals in the second half, but as, as the rest of his career unfolds. 
Yeah, I mean, as much as Arnado can impact the game, I think Arnado or not Ar- with O'Neill with his speed, the ability to steal a base that Arnado probably doesn't have. I think O'Neill can have an impact on this lineup like nobody else. But it, it's it's always interesting to be a Cardinal fan, and baseball always keeps us on our toes. It's an impossible question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. What is your prediction, or what are you looking for the Cardinals to do here in the second half of play? All right, well, it, it's tough for me to go out and say the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs at, at this point in time. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they did it. I think they overtake the Cubs. The Cubs are going into to sell mode already. Yeah, I agree. We'll see how much more they sell before July 30th, but uh, that wouldn't surprise me. They're, they're in a virtual tie with them right now in the standings. Then you've got the Reds, who've been playing some pretty good baseball. The fact that Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos have done what they've done for that offense this season two of the best hitters in the National League, both of them getting uh, nods to start in the All-Star game. So they've been they've been pretty solid. I think the Cardinals can beat them, though. I think especially when you get Flaherty back and you get some of your pitching uh, squared away, which hopefully the Cardinals are able to do over the course of the next three or so weeks, I think you can start to sense the Cardinals finding a little bit of rhythm. I think they can get as high as second place in the division. What's well, going to take, and you mentioned being kind of skeptical over whether the Brewers would do this, but they're going to have to come back to you a little bit. And the problem is, with what they've done, you know, adding Adamus, that's kind of the kind of move that isn't a, a you know, a, a big name acquisition, but it kind of fits their puzzle, right? Fits what they're trying to do. Those are the kinds of moves the Cardinals need to find. What the Brewers have right now that the Cardinals don't is a lot of confidence in their pitching. Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, the, you know, some of these arms, it feels like they're coming out of nowhere, but over the course of the last couple of years, they've started to kind of cement themselves. And Brandon Woodruff, I think, is a little bit even ahead of the curve of those two guys. When you have a big three like that in your rotation, if those guys can stay healthy, you're absolutely filthy and dangerous every time you throw somebody on the mound. The Cardinals right now don't have that. They've got to find their way back toward that. And so that's where I think you're not you're not trying to bank on injuries for other clubs. But if the Brewers keep those three starters intact and they're able to keep relatively healthy offensively, Colton Wong's had a really good season for them when he's been healthy be remiss if we didn't bring him up because you talk about where would the Cardinals be without Arenado that's what's so frustrating because they could have had Arenado and Colton Wong they wouldn't be having these questions at second base that they have right now with Edmund they could they could use Edmund more effectively probably just against lefties primarily and they, and they could have a, a platoon advantage in that situation instead it's like they chose one or the other ended up with Arenado nobody's complaining about that but you see just the kind of impact that Colton Wong could have on a team their first place team and he's been part of that in Milwaukee so I'm not going to go out and predict the Cardinals are going to going to take the division I think they can give it a run though and so uh, if they could just make it interesting make it closer to the, the final couple of weeks of the season I think it, at this point that that's really all Cardinals fans can ask for make the moves that are necessary to try to get there and, and let the chips fall where they may I totally agree. It's going to be a long road uh, to the end of the season, and it's going to be a tough climb if they do want to make the climb to the top of that division. And uh, with the with the pitching Milwaukee has, I mean, those three are just absolute studs, and it's going to be hard to because I mean, you're going to face one of them every single series minimum. Um, but we're going to uh, cut cut the uh, podcast off here. So we're running a little bit short, long on time. But Brendan, I appreciate your time. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you, where they can find your where they can find your work? Absolutely. Appreciate the opportunity to do so. I'm at bshaker12 on Twitter. Go ahead and give me a follow there. And the, the podcast that I've been running, we took a little break over the ASB, but we'll be back after Friday night's game and uh, just moving forward covering the Cardinals. It's Shake Daily. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere else you'll find your podcast. And my written work can all be found at KMOD, uh, pardon me, KMOV.com slash sports. So appreciate you guys giving me a shout over there as well. 
Wonderful. All great stuff. And you can't have too much Cardinal baseball coverage, especially once the NBA Finals wraps up. That's uh, so, so all I'll be watching. Cardinal baseball. And I think, you know, no matter how they play, can't complain about watching Cardinal baseball because uh, nothing looks as good as that Cardinal red uniform. But, Brandon, once again, appreciate the time. Have a great rest of your day. And go Cardinals. Go Cardinals.